Welcome to So Says Rick. Mostly True Stories by Rick Hall. Hello, welcome to So Says Rick. We're not going to say what number episode it is. No, because we said we're going to stop doing that. But I'll give you a clue. It's the one (laughs) after 28. Mm, Uh 30 is after 28, but I... (laughs) That's true. 3 million is after 28 also. It's episode 29. (laughs) Um, You know what we didn't celebrate, though, Laura Hall? We didn't celebrate our one-year anniversary of doing the show. I think May 5th was our first episode. Wow. Yeah. Started in the depths of the pandemic. Right. And here we are still doing it. Still married. (laughs) (laughs) Made it through the pandemic. So far, so good. Wow. You know, we uh, had a little trip. Now that we are double vaccinated, we were able to take a trip to see our daughter's graduation. Yes. Our younger daughter graduated from college this year and we got to go up for it. It was really fun. There wasn't an in-person graduation, but we got to be in the backyard, and they projected it on the back of their house. And, it and was... actually, a Zoom graduation in some ways is more fun than a real one. You don't have to sit in those bleachers for hours on end. Right, and have some numbskull in front of you holding up an iPad to record their kid, and you can't see through it. And you can kind of skip those long speeches that the president's giving and just enjoy the parts you want to yeah, see. Yeah, Exactly. And then from there, Laura came back home here to L.A., and I went to the farm to help my brother Rob plant the crops. And the weather was perfect. Actually, one night I recorded my brother, and that's going to be the next episode of So Says Rick after this. That's great. Which will be episode 30. Don't give it away. Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) And I think it will be our Father's Day episode, because we ended up talking about Dad and farming and And I even uh, got Rob to do some character voices. I can't wait to hear him. He does really good voices. I guess it comes natural for our family. (laughs) We have a sad thing to tell you about. I lost my friend John Michael Machowski, who was my first improv teacher. That was back in Chicago in like 1983. He was my first improv teacher. And after two classes, he pulled some of us aside and said, I want to start an improv group. Do you guys want to do it? And we were like, yeah. We ended up not only becoming an improv troupe, but we started renting a storefront and we completely tore out the inside of it and rebuilt it into it with a stage and a light booth and everything. And we were so broke. I don't know if I ever told you this. I had Michael Racy's straightening out nails of boards that we had taken down so we didn't have to go buy nails. Wow. That is broke. Well, plus it kept Michael from doing anything destructive. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we built it out and everything. And it was called the Improv Institute. And after I got hired at Second City, I would still go back there and perform sometimes. But they kept it going. Jack Branas, Patty Musker, Tom Hannigan, Ross Godstein, Michael Racy's, Jill Talley, Evan Gore. I'll keep naming people. uh, Mark Chotsky, (laughs) Ron West. Right. A, a lot of great people who and, are my really good friends. And all brought together by John. That's right. So thank you, John. And a little tribute to John Machowski. 
So the story I'm going to do this week is one that I've had rattling around in my brain for years, but I just never got around to writing it. I wasn't sure when to do it. And then I got a call from Beverly Mickens, who is the producer of The Story Salon, which is, by the way, one of the longest-running storytelling series in Los Angeles. Beverly called me and said, we're doing a theme night, we're doing it on Zoom, and the theme is, how could I be so naive? Immediately, I'm like, I've got to do this story. So Rick wrote up the story for Story Salon, but then we ended up recording it at home. This is called Lessons Learned from a Gorilla, recorded in our own little studio. I was quite the Romeo in my younger days. I got my first kiss from a girl in second grade. At recess, I met Carla Chambers behind the equipment shed and said, Hey, Carla, let's kiss. She said, Sure. Oh, man, romance was so simple, and I was good at it. When I was ten years old, I sang Gary, Indiana at the Carrollton Community Chorus Fall Concert. And after the show, I was surrounded by old ladies who thought I was the cutest thing in the world. (laughs) I was pretty cute. And I loved the attention, even if it was from a bunch of grandmas. But when I became a teenager, I was ready for something more than a kiss on the playground or or the adoration of a herd of blue hares. I was ready to have a girlfriend. Now, at that age, it was understood that girls liked guys who were tough and could play sports. I was short and pudgy. Sports were not my forte. Later in life, I figured out that guys who couldn't impress girls with their ability in sports should learn to play the guitar, because chicks love guitar players. I learned to play the trombone. What an idiot! The summer I turned 13, the Greene County 4-H office was sponsoring a county-wide trip to the St. Louis Zoo. There'd be lots of cute girls who didn't know my loser reputation. Because there wouldn't be kids just from my club, the Rockbridge Rural Rousers, I could meet girls from other clubs like Golden Grove and the Brushy Hustlers and the Merry Maidens. By the way, those names are not made up. Those are real 4-H clubs in Greene County, Illinois. So we drove down to St. Louis in separate cars, but we all met in the parking lot before we entered the zoo. Larry Coon, the county advisor, told us, Hey, try hanging out with other kids in other clubs. Mix it up a little bit. I ditched the Rockbridge Rural Rousers and headed straight over to the Merry Maidens because guess what? They were all girls. I introduced myself and asked if I could tag along with them, and they said yes, because 4-H'ers are friendly. And at that point, they didn't know I was bad at sports and played the trombone in the marching band. Well, they were nice to me, but I knew I had to do something to impress them, otherwise they might figure out what a loser I really was. We started off at the primate section of the zoo. There was a crowd gathered around the cage of Bongo, the alpha male silverback of the troop. By the way, a pack of gorillas is called a troop. See, my story is entertaining and educational. Bongo was all alone in his enclosure because he'd been getting too aggressive with the others. The reason there was a crowd gathered around was because he was putting on a show. I stood on a park bench in the back behind the crowd so I can see over everybody. Bongo was ticked off. He would bang the locked metal door at the back of his cage and then run around beating his chest, roaring loudly and making gorilla noises. (laughs) Then he went back to banging the door again. 
The crowd was getting bigger and bigger, and finally he got so upset, he ran to the front of the enclosure and jumped up on the bars. The crowd acted like he was coming right through the metal cage. They all jumped back and screamed. And when I say they all screamed, I mean everybody, women, children, even grown men. Right then, I knew what I had to do. I told the merry maidens to follow me, and we made our way to the front of the crowd, and I got as close as I could to the spot where Bongo had jumped up on the bars. Some of the merry maidens started to complain. What are we doing? Hang on. It'll be worth it. See, I knew what was going to happen. Bongo would get aggressive again and charge to the front of the cage. He'd roar and leap up on the bars. The whole crowd would jump back and scream, everyone except me. I'd be the lone person who would stand my ground and not be afraid. And as I stood there, I imagined someone from the crowd behind me would say, Look at that young man who almost has facial hair. He's so brave. And the merry maidens would fight over who got to walk around with me at the zoo. My plan was foolproof. Everything was happening on cue. Bongo started banging the metal door in the back of his cage. The crowd cheered. He ran around and swung from the tree in his enclosure, beating his chest and roaring. Ooh, 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 ooh. The crowd grew more excited. He urinated on the floor and then licked it up. The crowd gave a collective moan. He moved to the back of his cage and started running forward. Now, the rest of this happened in slow motion for me. It only took three huge strides for Bongo to reach the front of the cage. He leapt up on the bars right in front of me. The crowd screamed and jumped backwards as one solid mass, except for me. I leaned forward towards the cage in front of the merry maidens, challenging the huge silverback. Obviously, I was a protector of my troop, and our eyes met for a second, and he paused. I think he respected me because I stood up to him. He was the alpha male, and I wasn't afraid of him. And then he puckered up and spit gorilla urine and saliva all over me. He had pretty good aim. The crowd was silent, and then I heard someone behind me say, Hey, look at that little fat kid, too scared to move. I turned around, covered with smelly gorilla fluids, and everybody started to laugh, even the merry maidens. My first impulse was to go hide out until it was time to leave, but then I started to laugh. I mean, face it, if I had seen a kid get hawkered on by a gorilla, I would have laughed too. Some of the merry maidens were trying to make their way through the crowd so no one would know we were together, but four of them stayed. Julie Reynolds was one of them. She reached in her purse, pulled out a packet of tissues, and handed them to me. A 4-H member is always prepared to help others. And in between fits of laughter, she said, Wipe yourself off. Oh, Ricky, you're so funny. I headed to the bathroom to get cleaned up, and when I came out, all four of the merry maidens were waiting for me. Clearly, I was their alpha male. And that was the day I learned that one thing that girls like even more than an athlete or a guitar player is a guy who can make them laugh. Well, 
I obviously chose a guy who could make me laugh. So I was right. What I learned right. was correct. I didn't choose you because you were the alpha male. <laughs> <laughs> Although I am um, turning into a silverback gorilla. <laughs> the other day I walked by the mirror with no shirt on it and I said to Laura, oh my gosh, I'm a silverback gorilla. <laughs> hey, question for you, Laura. Um, in high school, did you go for the guys who would make you laugh or the football player types or the guitar The guy? guitar player. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of liked the bad boy in oh. high school. Oh, yeah. And then you went with me? I know. <laughs> it was a big turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think I'm the bad boy, but obviously I'm not. <laughs> not at all. Well, I obviously chose the guy who would make me laugh. Thank goodness. <laughs> not because you were the alpha male, but because you were funny. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, actually, I walked by a mirror and I didn't have my shirt on. And I turned to Laura and I go, oh, my gosh, I'm a silverback gorilla now. <laughs> that's maybe TMI for our audience. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a little bit much. Hey, here's something I want to know. In high school, what did you go for? The football player, the guitar player, or the funny guy? Definitely the guitar player. Really? Yeah, I liked bad boys in high school. And yet you married me. I know. It, it was a quite a big reversal. <laughs> Were you settling for <laughs> No, I matured and wised up. Wow, wow. Well, I dated really sweet girls, and I went for the bad girl and married you. <laughs> oh, there you go. I loved that in this story how much you're thinking that, like, everyone is watching you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'll admit. I really did. I thought people were watching me all the time. <laughs> like, I thought people would say, look how that boy walks. He's got such good posture. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I thought people were watching me all the time because that See, was so interesting. Right. And some people worry about that. Like, oh, my gosh, people are watching me and they're anxious about it. You're like, hey, look at me. <laughs> Aren't I fascinating? <laughs> and then later in life. I ask people to pay to watch me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You were born to be an actor. I know. I was going to be a veterinarian, but not enough people applaud when you get done with, you know, neutering a cat. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of the opposite of you because I would do this thing. Like if I would walk home after Girl Scouts, I really liked to look in the windows of people's houses. And it's not as creepy as it sounds. I was... <laughs> I was a little girl. There was something I liked about observing those families without them knowing they were being observed, like right. watching them getting ready for dinner or, or sitting at the table or whatever. And there was something that I loved about being the silent observer. So I was like the opposite Inter of you. Interesting. Interesting. I'm your audience. There you go. <laughs> hey, though, um, you were a bad girl back then, too. Didn't your mom give you money for dues for Girl Scouts or brownies or something? Yes. Well, it was because... <laughs> you didn't know I was going to say this. I liked brownies. But then when we got to Girl Scouts, okay, the Boy Scouts got to go on camping trips and learn how to build fires. Right. And we were learning how to fold napkins. <laughs> and really? I, yes. Fold napkins? We had to tie a tie for our dad. Really? Yes. And I found it extremely uninteresting. So I just stopped going, but I kept taking the dues money and then I would go buy candy with it. <laughs> you were a bad girl back then. But of course I got caught. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Did your mom make you do any penance for that? I don't really remember. But once I told her why I didn't want to go, she was like, you don't need to go. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. 
I think later in life that one of the most important things is to be with somebody who can make you laugh. And marry a bad girl. Oh, yeah. There you go. Keep laughing, folks. Thanks for listening. See you next time.